Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025, where we bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I'm Dan Swartout, and today we are talking with Mike Saboro, owner and founder of Late Night Slice. Mikey, welcome. Yeah, hey, Dan, thanks a lot, man. Thanks so much for being here. We're excited to have you here. Yep. Your, your business has grown, and 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 I know I've enjoyed your business on several occasions. Do you remember any of them? <laughs> a few. <laughs> Maybe the early morning or early day slices, yeah. not so much the late night slices, but we're excited to have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business before we kind of get more in depth. Sure. Uh, my name is Mike Saboro. Uh, I've been in Columbus uh, about... 13 years now, moved here to uh, go to Ohio State. Uh, all my buddies moved down. I actually went occasionally uh, <laughs> to college. And uh, about 2007, I uh, started ECT Pedicab. That was a little bike taxi service here, a uh, little, little before 2008. And uh, Late Night Slice came in 2009. Late Night Slice is uh, quick service pizza by the slice. Uh, we do whole pies. We uh, tend to cater to... Um, a late night crowd. Right. Uh, we've had a couple daytime things that have gone over really well. So I think our product crosses a few lines there as far as daytime and nighttime. Um, well, we, good pizza. Good pizza is a great product at any sure. time of the day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's 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 good stuff. We've been we've been tasting a lot of pizza lately, and I think we rank pretty decently. So absolutely. Now you're you're quite the entrepreneur between late night slice, Mikey's late night slice, which you just mentioned, uh, the Columbus Diaper Bank. Mm -hmm. At Pedicab. Now, yeah. Pedicab, was that a, a franchise or did you start that? I know you brought it to Columbus. Did, sure. you, did you bring that from somewhere else or was that your brainchild or how did that work? Yeah, I was actually living in uh, Las Vegas at the time. I was DJing and uh, <laughs> I took a little vacation from my vacation to right. uh, San Diego. And uh, down in the Gaslamp District, they had all these little like rickshaw bike taxi things. And uh, I knew I was moving back from Vegas. Uh, I, I was there about a year and a half. And I thought that'd be a really cool thing in the short north. You know, I, I still had my apartment there. I, I was really familiar with the area. And I just thought these bike taxis will be a great way to kind of supplement when you don't need to go in a cab ride because you're only going up a few blocks. Right. But you don't really want to walk because it's a little too far. I thought it'd be kind of the perfect thing. Um, 100% uh, gas-free, fuel-free. It's mm -hmm. human-powered. Um, I'm sure most of you have been on a pedicab before. Um, they're awesome. They're cool little, cool little bike taxis. So uh, we got five of those. Uh, brought them back and and uh, started ECT Pedicab, which st stands for Environmentally Conscious Transportation. Excellent. And now, did you drive the pedicabs as well as oh, yeah. run the run the business? Yeah. And I tell you what, if you ever want to work and have the best form of exercise while working, drive a pedicab. You are, you're on a giant tricycle uh -huh. and you are towing drunk people around <laughs> from one to four or more. And hopefully the late night slice is where you're taking yeah, them to. Hopefully. And I, we ended up doing that uh, quite a bit later on, but uh, yeah, you develop incredible calves and uh, an incredible, <laughs> an incredible state of fitness towing around hundreds of pounds of person up and down High Street. And there are a couple little hills on High Street yeah. that you don't really notice when you're driving them, but when you're towing four or five or 700 pounds up it, you you really are aware of the, the hills that exist in a our area. A little incline becomes a real incline. Becomes like, yeah, the... Uh, yeah, the big one. Now, so you, you, all your businesses, they, they are kind of different. Um, sure. 
they all have you in common as the entrepreneur, the driving force. Now, when you were a child, when you were young, was what was your dream job? Was your dream job to be an entrepreneur? Did you want to be a firefighter? Or, or what exactly was it that you were thinking about as a kid? Yeah, I, um, I actually have no idea. I, I was thinking of this question, you know, recently, and I was maybe I was asked or something, and I, I, I don't know if I ever remember, like, I want to do that, you know? I mean, maybe I'm sure he had the fireman, astronaut, you know, one of those, you know, sure. common kid jobs. Um, I kind of had the, the perfect job as a kid, as, as, as a teenager, uh, setting up those giant uh, advertising balloons all around the country, well, like the ones that look like they're the the the, the men that are bowing or, or what have you. Not the wacky wavy arm inflatable okay. guys. The the ones that are like the, the the hot air balloon shape that says like now open or the, the the gorilla that says apartment sale. Funny story, I'll tell you sometime. Yeah. Um, or the dinosaurs or the big Uncle Sam. Uh-huh. One of those things that you see on like the top of like tire shops or something. Uh, yeah, I set those up all around this. Like, As a teenager? Yeah, I would think I was like 16. Like pretty much when I could drive, I got this job, and uh, it was great. It was it was like the perfect job for like a teenager that you could just drive anywhere around the country and set up these balloons. And if you needed to do it on a Friday, you did it on a Thursday, so your weekend was free, and it was awesome. Made great money, and it was it was a really cool first job. Now, so you've been to um, you've been to, to Vegas. You lived in Vegas. You yep. were in San Diego for a while. You're originally from Cleveland. Yep. You came to Columbus originally to go to Ohio State, and and you've been to places since then. What brought you back to Columbus and Central Ohio? Yeah, Columbus always always brought me back. Um, you know, I came down here from Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, which is a little bit a little bit south of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, Came down here. I'd like to say, I'd like to be honest and say, I, I didn't come down here for college. I came down here because all my friends came down for college. <laughs> and after about a year of going to Akron, <laughs> University of Akron, I was like, screw this. All my friends are down in right. Columbus. I'm living in mom and dad's basement and going to Akron. I, I'm, I might as well go to Columbus. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. Like, so I went and like crashed in the dorms for like a, a while. I, I eventually got into Ohio State. Uh, well, you were living at the dorms before you got into Ohio State. Yeah, because I didn't have anywhere to stay, <laughs> so I was crashing in the dorms. I was at I was at Stradley, you know, staying with the. I was like just passing out on their floor there. I got to know like everybody I on the bet floor. You did. Said, yeah, they're like, "Hey, Mike. I'm like, hey, what's up? That was class. Awesome. Class was, was great. great. Class was great today. It was really hard. I gotta go study. Yeah. <laughs> So you came back to Columbus after leaving for a while, and and, and you were drawn back by what exactly? Because, I mean, you've been in uh, San Diego, obviously, Las Vegas, interesting cities, different cities. Bringing you back to Columbus, what kind of was the the driving force for that? Yeah, you know, I I always knew Columbus had—it always drove me back here because it was for a number of reasons, but it was, you know, where my friends were, my family was close, and because of the— Columbus, I think, has always been and still is a really ripe city right. for ideas and projects. Right. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on either on the coasts or on the top or bottom of the country that hasn't quite made it in yet. So, I mean, the cool thing that I love about Columbus is it's not saturated with really anything yet. You know, to, to kind of give you an idea that was maybe a couple years old, but I think it's still pretty relevant, is, you know, visiting Austin, Texas. Um, they had a hundred and like think thirteen pedicabs back in like 2010, mm-hmm. 11. Might be more, might be less now, but they had a hundred and thirteen pedicabs, and they had pizza by the slice places. There was dozens of them. They're all they're all over down there. Right. And if you compare Austin to Columbus, 
it, it's a very similar city, capital city, big state university. Yes. We're, they're a little warmer than us, but um, we're always like 15th or 16th, you mm-hmm. know, biggest city. So the populations are the same. So it, it's kind of a um, an interesting, uh, interesting just way to look at one big city that has all this stuff going on in it, and Columbus doesn't have much yet. So Columbus is just, it's ripe for people with ideas. You know, you can really, like, build it and people will come. So Petacab was your first idea that you brought back to Columbus. Correct. And then you came also later with Late Night Slice Mm -hmm. and the Diaper Bank. You are the driving force, the entrepreneur behind all three of these. They seem to be different businesses, different endeavors are, do they enter? Well, you haven't explained really Diaper Bank at all. If you could right. kind of explain that just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Columbus Diaper Bank, we started in uh, 2014. It was an idea that my uh, girlfriend at the time, my fiance now. Congratulations. Had. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, we heard she, she'd been working in uh, the Hilltop, kind of an impoverished area. Uh, her program there lost her funding. So, you know, she was kind of at this point in her life where she was like, hey, do I get another job working with that community or, you know, I, we've been talking about this diaper bank idea. So we, uh, I said, well, it's the right time, you know, go ahead and do it. So we did that together. We ended up uh, teaming up with some, um, our partners there that kind of had the same idea. Uh, they were just kind of doing it separately and through kind of a common thing. Uh, we got, we got together and decided to, decided to do it. Um, they're an awesome team. Um, to date, we've donated, I guess before I tell you what we've done, I'll tell you what we do. Right. So the Columbus Diaper Bank works to basically close the diaper gap. A lot of people don't know that uh, hygiene items aren't uh, aren't available for purchase with food stamps or any social support programs. So you can't buy diapers, you can't buy toothpaste, tampons, uh, you know, any, any hygiene item is not available to purchase, and especially diapers. And a newborn, I'll say a child, in diapers goes through a lot of diapers, yeah, especially I, my my daughter's just about to turn four, so I'm yeah, well. So you aware. know you're, you're yes, right off yes. of the, the diaper yes. train or close. Um, yeah, so a lot of these times, you know, when when you don't have a lot of options, and a lot of people that live in these, you know, in the in the neediest parts of Columbus and in the country, they don't have access to an affordable source for diapers. As in, you know, they have a corner shop, but corner shops are way more expensive than say going to Sam's Club or going to Costco. So you know, they're just, it's one of these things that when you can help somebody with $120 of diapers a month, that's the difference between paying an electric bill or paying rent or keeping in their house. And furthermore, a lot of daycares don't uh, accept a child if they can't be provided with a whole day's worth of diapers. Right. So a lot of times we say that, you know, some of the most needy families in Columbus are just, you know, one day's diapers worth of losing a job or not going to school because if you can't have the diapers to drop your kid off, can't go to school, mm-hmm. you can't go to work, you know, it's, it's, it really becomes a problem. And a lot of people don't think that diapers are that important, but diapers are one of those small things that if you have enough, your life is just so much easier. Right. So, so that's what we advocate for is helping, you know, the Columbus's families with just that small, small aspect. You know, if we can help them with diapers, we figure we can make their life a little bit easier. So you've got Diaper Bank, which you just mm-hmm. told us about. You've got Pedicab. You've got Late Night Slice. Uh, do those businesses, endeavors intertwine in any way or, or are they separate? How do, how does, how do you manage to, to do them all at once? And, and is there kind of an efficiency in doing mm-hmm. some of them together? Yeah. Uh, ECT Pedicab, we spun off a couple of years back. And actually, I sold that to my partner in Late Night Slice, uh, Jason Biendo. He kind of runs the pedicab thing. Okay. Now. He does a great job with it. Um, 
his partner, Todd Bell, used to run uh, Rad Dog. Uh-huh. So those two guys just they knock it out of the park with the pedicabs. Um, so that's not really in our wheelhouse anymore. Sure. But it's still okay. kind of it's still around. Right. And uh, you know, late night slice has been going on for just shy of six years now. So we're just uh, just about to finish, just about to celebrate our sixth birthday here in uh, July, July Fourth weekend. Excellent. And uh, Diaper Banks got about a year coming up here pretty soon. So they. Uh, they work together pretty well, you know. I mean, our, I think our main focus is really late night slice. Uh-huh. You know, we're trying to uh, we're trying to get that out of Columbus here in the next year. And uh, the diaper bank, we've uh, we just got our first giant shipment. We got fifty thousand diapers sitting in our warehouse right now. Wow! So, congrats. Thank you. We'll be passing, uh, getting those packaged up and processed, and out to uh, out to the families here uh, really soon. Very cool. Now, um, as we talk more a little bit about Late Night Slice, you are, of course, the namesake, Mikey's Late Night Slice, but you have partners, two business partners as well, correct? Yep. yep. And that is Bryce and Jason. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how that partnership came about between you, Bryce, and Jason? Yep. Um, Jason kind of came on first. You know, Late Night Slice was really an experiment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's why it didn't cost anything to really build. I think we, I think we, were, <laughs> I think we were in for like six or seven grand. You know, when we built it, and um, I, I would ride a bike for a weekend. I'd be on the pedicab. Mm-hmm. And we'd have enough money to buy an oven, and then he'd ride for another weekend, have like a grand saved up, and we could buy a refrigerator. And over the you know few weeks that we did that, finally got enough to actually open a pizza shop. Um, Jason was riding a pedicab with me at the time, and um, he is incredibly talented uh and he started working with us uh working with me and we'd spent every night in that shack yeah slinging pizza and thinking about ideas and cracking jokes and we were probably drinking and smoking in there too so that's where some of the ideas like the pizza dog and you know the cheeses crust and baby cheeses and slut sauce and all that stuff kind of came about um from me and jason just sitting you know working and having nothing to do because there was nobody knew there was a little pizza shack sitting there right uh so it, it was really fun in the day in the uh in the in the beginning and it still is still is really fun jason i always say makes late night slice look and sound like late night slice uh-huh. you know he does all of our social media he does our graphics um he does all of our uh, apologies <laughs> he does he, he answers all of our <laughs> awful yelp reviews <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> um, now, Bryce came on a few months later, mm-hmm. uh, about six months after we opened, we f- figured we wanted a pizza truck. We wanted, we wanted a, a truck that, or a trailer or something that we could take to festivals and sell pizza. We didn't realize we were buying a, like a food truck. Right. You know, we, we weren't trying to like, let's get a food truck. It's popular now. At that time, you know, the only food trucks were really taco trucks around the outskirts. You know, there was probably some food truck action happening on the coast, but we had no idea. We just, we wanted something that we could drive to. Do it, festivals. It wasn't the huge thing that everyone's talking about now. Exactly. So um, Bryce and I grew up together. Uh, I've known him for going on 20-some years now. Um, I was like, hey, you have a good job and some <laughs> – he, he was like, the, hey, you have money, right? <laughs> How about we buy a food truck? <laughs> You're yeah. an old friend and yeah. an old friend hey, with hey, some old, deep pockets. Hey, old buddy. <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that you might be interested in. <laughs> right. So he uh, he ended up buying the food truck, and that's how we bought into Late Night Slice. And so um, he actually just came on. It took him about five years or so, but um, he just quit his incredibly high-paying job to come work with us uh, uh, full-time. Now. Wow. So we've had him on board for uh, just about five months now, and uh, it's it's been awesome having the three of us actually in the same room uh, working 
on this project, and uh, we think we're setting ourselves up pretty good. Definitely. Now, you know, Mikey's Late Night Slice, it has kind of a an irreverent sense of humor. People view, view it in that manner, like an off-the-wall kind of wacky sense of humor. Is that a reflection of you? Is that a reflection of your partnerships? How did that kind of come about? Yeah. Um, I kind of got used to the idea of kind of like tongue-in-cheek, like, um, how, would, how would you say it? I used to work at Dick's Last Resort, and I opened a couple of those down in uh, Myrtle Beach and in Vegas. That is the restaurant, correct, where the servers insult the customers. Exactly. Okay. So I got used to that idea that you can be funny. You can you can tell people as long as you like. You can. I mean, you can tell them to like fuck off. Can I say that? Sorry, but you have to do it with a smile at the end. You know? Right. I mean, you can say pretty much anything you want to, as long as you do it in in in, the, in a way that makes it joking. You know. I mean, there's a difference between mean and being fun and ch- fun and like sassy, tongue in cheek, um, you know, you can have fun with people and, and still be, I don't know, kind of, I guess sassy. That's, right, that's right, kind of the right. word. You know, we've always been, we've always been, late night slices sassy. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> Sassy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, when it, working at Dick's and they're opening one in Columbus and I always said if they opened a Dick's Last Resort in Columbus, I'd go down there and work. And I'm still thinking about maybe picking up a shift or two. Oh, They'd really? Hire me. Oh, I'd love it. Good old time sake. If you, if you got to serve tables, do it at Dick's. Like, it's it's just a blast. So I think that kind of conveyed a little bit up to um, – it kind of conveyed up to um, some of the attitude that Late Night has. You know, like you can – and a lot of our old signs are like, you know, hey, Bubba, don't be a trash hole. You know, sort your trash. Mm-hmm. You know, and you – it's just, it's fun. You know, you can berate people and still have a really good time at it and people love it. <laughs> One of the things that's always impressed me too or struck me about Mikey's Late Night Slice is kind of your connection with the Columbus arts community, the Columbus comedy community. I know you're very involved with, I know you're very involved with some of the comedy events that take place here mm-hmm. in Columbus, arts events. How did that kind of come about? And how has that, how has that impacted your business, do you think? Yeah. Um, well, for comedy, I've always been a fan of the comedy scene around here. Um, Monday Night Live guys do awesome. I mean, there's just a really cool comedy scene in this, right. in this town. Right. So it kind of seemed like a natural, natural partnership for us to, you know, to give back to the community that is, you know, is joking around here. So mm-hmm. um, that kind of came really naturally. Um, as far as the arts go, uh, you know, that was just kind of a natural alliance too. You know, we really, it's really important for us and even it's it's even in our our mission statement to you know support those around us and be you know fierce defenders and supporters of our neighborhood um so it's just kind of a natural natural partnership to you know give back in the ways we can and as we've gotten a little bit bigger we've been able to you know do more and more so now a few years ago i mikey's late night slice made national news for mm. an incident that happened. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about that? What 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 was the impetus for that? What happened with that? And what was the result of that? Yeah. Um, two guys, basically, it was uh, on the pizza truck. So right. it was down, you know, down in the uh, kind of the heart of the short north. It was a cold night uh, in January, or I think it was December at the time. And, uh, you know, two guys were standing in line holding hands and kind of standing close because they were cold and they were standing outside waiting for pizza. Um, There was a couple drunk people behind them and uh, one of the drunk guys just started kind of berating him, you know, just, I think he said at one point, like, cut that gay shit out. Um, And the guy working, Levi Taylor, who still runs our trucks to this Mm -hmm. day, uh, you know, he pretty much told the guy in line, like, hey, cut that out or we're going to kick you out of line. And he was drunk and he kept, he kept, you know, saying stuff to, you know, these guys. And, 
you know, finally Levi kicked him out of line. He said, get out of here, dude. We're not, we're not serving you. Right. And, uh, Joel, one of the guys that was standing in line, uh, went home that night and, you know, put a Facebook post on it. And, um, I remember sitting on the couch with, with my girlfriend at the, at the time, my fiance now, and she's like, Hey, look at this post. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And within like hours, it started going and getting likes and it just started it started becoming viral which I've never been in the front seat of something becoming viral before it was huge fascinating yeah it really was it ended up going all over the all over the world really um, we sent t-shirts all over the world literally Australia really you know, Ireland uh, God, Norway maybe or something yeah we sent t-shirts everywhere um, and he ended it with <laughs> Joel ended his statement with uh, no pizza for you Mr. Homophobe uh-huh. and that was kind of like that was kind of the line of that of that incident so it was just it literally went everywhere it started getting picked up by uh, Huffington Post right uh, Salon I think got it. Uh, it, it it went all over so it was really cool to sit there and watch that happen and I couldn't have been more proud of Levi for really right. you know standing up and doing something that um, I guess the funny thing is, is he didn't even really realize he was, you know, making a social statement or anything. He just, he did what he was, he did what felt right to him. And, you know, what, you know, we always give him the tools to to act appropriately. And when, you know, this is our neighborhood, you know, you can't, you can't come in and say that stuff. So, um, we were really proud of him. I mean, he was, uh, He's, he's an awesome guy, and I'm glad he did what he did. So the impact of that was felt for quite a while, mm-hmm. and, and you're on the forefront of something that's going viral. The reaction is just overwhelmingly, exceedingly positive mm-hmm. to, to your business and to your brand. And, I mean, was there kind of an aftermath from that? You, could you feel that incident and the effects of that incident for, for weeks or months or even to this day after that? Yeah, yeah, it still gets brought up uh, to this day. We... Uh, I think somebody reposted it rather recently, and we have yet to find what news outlet it was reposted on. But um, it, it was—it's. I mean, we hear about it all the time. You know, I mean, we still have the uh, the T-shirts that say, you know, "No slut sauce for you, Mr. Homophobe." <laughs> that was what it was. No slut sauce for you, Mr. Homophobe. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we still hear about it today. You know, it was, it was one of those just awesome things that um, you know I couldn't be happier that happened, and I couldn't be more proud of the guys. Right. That, you know, that acted the way they should have. So. Right. You, you've mentioned it a few times, and I know it's a question that, that I have and a lot of people have. Slut sauce. Yeah. What, what was the, where did that come from? Where was the name for that? The old, where did that come from? The old slut sauce. Because um, that's, that's something that's probably as, as connected to your business as just about anything when yeah. you're just talking to people in general. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, I'd like to think it was a really fun thing that we did, and I, I um, there's been a little backlash lately on it, and um, the reason, the way it came about is from what I was talking about earlier, Jason and I kind of being in, you know, being in the being in the shack for hours on end, and you know, we just thought of something funny, and we were trying to make some sauces to dip the pizzas mm-hmm. in, and we thought we'd put all this stuff together, and we we're like, oh, it's a lot of sauce, and it just kind of stuck, and we had it like handwritten on the bottle, and um, it's kind of funny to see that over the years, it's kind of become a part of Columbus pop culture. Right. Um, and just recently, I would say about six months ago, we decided that we were going to change the name because at this point, we just don't think it is necessary for growth and it's probably going to be more of a hindrance than it is because, uh-huh. I mean, no matter how much you're offended by it, it is an offensive word and it is gender specific. So, mm-hmm. you know, we... We think we've grown up a little bit, you know, like we, we think we're 
we're ready to, you know, it, it did great for us. I, I, I love what it was able to do, and I love the impact that it's had, whether it has impacted you negatively or positively, it has. Mm-hmm. And it started conversations that I think are really constructive, and it started, um, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it is, it's such a, some people love it, some people absolutely hate it. So mm-hmm. it's really started some interesting conversations and some really constructive ones. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is a trademarked, Literally, a, re- you got, a registered, you a registered <laughs> trademark <laughs> of Late Night Slice. That right. wasn't cheap either. Um, and it was, uh, we're going to be sad to see it go, but we actually have some really uh, fun things that are going to be happening with it. I mean, we're not just quietly getting rid of slut sauce. Right. We're going to do it in the traditional Late Night Slice way, and we're going to make it a lot of fun and really, really funny. So, Like a, like, like maybe a big presentation? A uh, it'll, it'll be like a national event. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be funny because a lot of people are like, change the name. That's offensive and everything. And a lot of people are like, don't change the name. I'm not offended. Anybody can be a slut. So it's, there's, like I said, there's really strong feelings on both sides. Sure. But I think we're really going to have fun with the way we're going to, we're going to move on from it. Do you think perchance because that is so associated with pop culture here in Columbus, as you mentioned earlier, your chances to expand outside of Columbus, it might have, it might be more difficult with a name like that in a brand new market? Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's one part of it. Sure, you know it's just I think at this point it's more it would hold us back more. Uh-huh. You know I can't see me with my arm around the mare with a bottle of slut sauce, <laughs> or you're not going to see slut sauce on the shelf in Kroger next to like the yum yum sauce and sriracha. You're it's just it's one of those things. It's 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 just a little bit too offensive sure. to be part of our growth at this time. So it, it did awesome. We love it. It's it's iconic for us. And uh, like I said, we're going to have fun when we change it. So Now, you mentioned a little bit about your growth, and you got in a little bit before um, the food truck boom that we were talking about. Um, you were in on the bottom floor before everyone was talking about food trucks, and there mm-hmm. were so many food trucks out there, and food truck festivals yep. and, and events particularly associated with food trucks. You were kind of on the bottom floor of that. As you have seen that food truck boom grow, how has that impacted your business? Um, it's, been, it's been really good. Um, we've, uh, we've had a, a lot of luck with our food truck. You know, we, that part of the business works really hard, arguably harder than... Um, some of the other parts of the business because, you know, when you have a food truck, it's not just you have like a restaurant on wheels. You have all the problems associated with a regular restaurant. You have staffing issues. You have food issues. You have, you know, you have all the issues with a normal restaurant and you have all the issues of a 20-year-old car. Right. So I don't, I don't think there's anybody who hasn't seen a late-night slice truck on the side of the road broken down somewhere <laughs> on its way to an event. You know, I get calls, you know, I don't much anymore because we have money to keep these things in better condition. But, um, hey, I saw your truck on the side of 315. <laughs> I was going to stop, but I was in a hurry. <laughs> Thanks. They, were, they, had a, they had a truck coming. There was a tow truck coming. So um, I think the way it's impacted, um, I don't know. Was that, was that the question? Well, hey, I, I, went going, off, just, I think I went hey, off we're there, just having so. fun talking about food trucks, how the food truck boom has okay. impacted your business. Yeah, so I, I think it's a really cool thing to see how food trucks are becoming so popular now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when we got in, there wasn't many food trucks, and I think the a lot of the um, success of our food cr- food truck can be uh, kind of associated with us parking on the street. Yeah, and that's one thing we've done from the beginning is up until probably three or so months ago, there was no rules or laws that dictated whether you could park on the street or not in Columbus. So we always just kind of cowboyed it, and we 
parked on the street until right. somebody told us we couldn't. And, uh, and you just moved down the block. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moved down the block, pulled up on the curb, <laughs> blocked a street. You know, we, we made it happen. We right. cowboyed a lot in the beginning. Um, I've actually worked with the uh, city of Columbus on the uh, mobile food vending committee uh-huh. a lot in the last year to craft the rules, the laws, and the code uh, for food trucks on the streets in Columbus, and we've done a lot of good work for it. So uh, you can see food trucks on the streets of Columbus now. Uh, they're all over really. So yes. it's, been, uh, it's been a really positive thing. And I think the laws we have or uh, the code that's been written is, uh, is is pretty decent at this point. Um, first one, of course, it needs a little bit of tweaking, but the food food truck industry in Columbus is is really strong. How does it feel um, to be to be kind of like a pioneer? I mean, do you ever think of yourself in that regard? Or be, people obviously might look at you in that regard. How does that kind of feel? I was on the bottom floor, the pioneer. I helped build not just a business, but an entire niche, an entire section. Yeah. I guess I don't think about it too much because I think it was dumb luck just getting into it. You uh-huh. know, we were like, let's start a revolution. We need a food truck. <laughs> California's booming right now. It's not long before somebody does here. It would have happened anyway. You know, I mean, it's just food trucks are, are blown up all over and it started a couple of years ago. Um, we just happened to want something like that. And we were out on the streets and, you know, people saw us. Um, I, I think it would have happened regardless of whether late night slice was mm-hmm. around or not. Um, but I'm glad we were there in the beginning. I, I've been able with the, you know, extra couple years of knowledge that you gain with being in that industry. Um, I've been able to help a lot of people, uh, with their businesses just from, you know, telling them how to avoid screwing up, how to, you know, even talking them out of buying a food truck at some point. Cause mm-hmm. it is hard. You know, I mean, we have this thing in Ohio called winter and winter on a food truck is absolute misery, right? <laughs> you know, some food, food trucks don't even operate, but if that's your only business shutting down for six months, sometimes isn't an option. Um, that would so. be, yeah. How, how do you pull through that? It's hell. Yeah. It's yeah. awful. It's a miserable existence in the winter. But <laughs> I, I know because I did it for a couple of years. You know, we, we had to. We didn't right. have a choice. It was, you know, you have to operate. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting. It is, you know. But uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a good thing to be able to, to, uh, to be doing it as long as we have and to, you know, help people out when we can. Now, you've got not just the, what, three food trucks now? Correct. Seven locations now. Yep. You've had tremendous growth in a fairly short period of time mm-hmm. and also kind of at the tail end of a down economy. So that's tremendous growth in maybe not the most opportune time. How were you able to pull that off? You know, I think we, uh, we have a good business for a couple of reasons. And I think that these couple of reasons are the reasons why we were able to kind of weather that. Uh-huh. Um, everybody's going to eat. Yes. We have a very low price point. It's, it's easy to come spend $3 on a piece of pizza, even if you don't have a ton in the bank. Um, and pizza is a really familiar food. You know, that's, that's one thing we are lucky with is we don't have, you know, Asian crepes or something that you're really going to have to educate the people as to, Hey, this is delicious, but I'm going to have to really convince you to try it because some people are picky. Not everybody's, you know, the most adventurous eater. So we have a very entry level product. I mean, it's very, very easy to grasp. Everybody has pizza. Most of them like it. That is probably my first memory is that pizza is delicious. So I know exactly (laughs) where you're coming from. (laughs) Right. You're like ice cream pizza. I like these things. Yes. I'm too. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that's been uh, that's been one thing, but you know what? It I think it takes a uh, you know as far as like the entrepreneur community, it it takes people that it's easy to, to to hear people say down economy and you know people are out of work and 
you know, stuff is really shitty right now. But I think, it, you know, where a lot of entrepreneurs succeed, and I, th- I see that a lot happening in Columbus now, it's like you almost don't listen to the news. You almost plug your ears, mm-hmm. you put your head down, and you forge ahead, and you don't listen in, you don't listen to what people are saying about, you know, you're, you're going to fail, you're blah, because you just do what you do, and you do and what people like, and you adjust accordingly, and, and you, if you work hard enough, it's, you know, you'll be successful at it. So I think that's kind of, I think that can be said pretty much at any time, you know, matter, no matter if it's the economy is in a bad place or a good place, <clears throat> it's always going to take people that have ideas following through with them to, you know, to, to make their thing a success. So what is the biggest challenge you face as you've expanded your locations? Uh, bad ideas from us. <laughs> Let me tell you, we've had a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're really expensive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's the typical, I mean, I think we've gone on a very typical path. You know, I mean, none of us, like Bryce and Jason and, and I and the team that we put together, none of us come from business. None of us come from pizza. Um, this is really the first thing that we've done that, uh, that requires the amount of thoughts and ideas that you have to have to kind of build this thing. So every idea, every challenge that we have is kind of a fresh mm-hmm. idea. It's a fresh challenge. You know, we don't, like I said, we don't, we don't have a lot of experience in this stuff. It's just every, every idea. And maybe that's been a benefit for us that we don't have, you know, the, the you know, previous experience in building a business. You know, I mean, late night slice wasn't built by people who know how to run businesses. It was built by people who, you know, Love pizza. Have that love pizza and yeah. then, you know, see a project that has potential and just, you know, work their asses off at it. Well, awesome. Mike, we have had uh, a lot of fun here today. I've enjoyed having you here on CBuzz. Thank you so much. We've already talked a little bit about expansion into new markets. Mm-hmm. I assume you're also looking to expand Mikey's mm-hmm. Late Night Slice here in Columbus as well. Yep. What are some things you kind of see down the road for uh, Late Night Slice? Yeah. So the main thing that we have and the thing that I'm, I think the most excited about at this point is the, uh, the full service location that will hopefully be open, uh, right around July, maybe the beginning of August. Uh, we're putting that down on the South fourth street district. And it's going to be the first thing we have that, uh, is going to be full service, sit down. You can go in, you can get a slice if you want to and get out, but you can also sit down, order a whole pie, full bar, um, so it's really what we figure is going to be able to, it's the, the vessel that we're hoping will take us out of Columbus. Uh-huh. Cause right now is, you know, our, we're late night slice is kind of in a lot of places, but it's not something you could say, take and move to Cleveland or uh-huh. Cincy or Kent or, you know, Dayton, you know, uh, you can't just pick up a 45 foot shipping container and ex- put it somewhere. You know, it's, it, it works here. It, it might not necessarily work everywhere. So we're trying to, we're trying to get a box. You know, we have, we have all the items that are working right now. We're trying to get all those items and put them in a box that we can kind of ship out to other, other places. So, um, we're going to be introducing salads. Uh, we're going to go really heavy on pretty much a pizza and salad concept. Nice. Um, it's going to introduce some breadsticks. You'll be able to get a number of our specialty pies anytime you want them. So, um, I really think that this is going to be uh, a really good thing for the area here, and I'm really excited about it. So Awesome. Kind of in the vein of standalone locations, you've recently also opened Odd Fellows. Yeah. Can oh, you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? We haven't even, we've gone <laughs> we haven't even this touched r- the bar. I know. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to let you. Yeah. At, uh, Odd Fellows Liquor Bar. Yeah, that opened uh, about a year ago, August, uh, end of July, actually. End of August. Yeah. All right. So about nine months. Um 
Yeah, it's the bar that's actually sharing a wall with the original Late Night Slice in the Short North. Uh huh. Um, cool bar. That that bar was probably the most fun I've had with a project because I don't think I've ever worked harder to make something look so damn cool. Yeah, as, yeah. as far as I, some people come in and they're like, oh God, <laughs> what the hell happened in here? And I walk in and I'm like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, and that was just kind of amalgam of all the bars I've ever been to and I'm just like, I like that, you know? And so we just right. f- travel around, find the things that you like and then kind of throw it all together into one box. And uh, that that's kind of what happened with Oddfellas, you know? I mean, the, the pieces we have in there are, uh, are awesome. Our bar is a hundred and you know, like eight years old. The back bar is, we have this like 70 year old bottle cooler that's in there. Um, all the stuff in there was handpicked. I think I almost, um, I almost probably lost out on a relationship because I kept dragging my poor fiance to like <laughs> antique malls. I love them. She tolerates them for about maybe 20 minutes before she's like, screw it. I'll be in the car checking Facebook. I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. Springfield right off route 70. I've been I, more times than probably people that work there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there hasn't been an antique mall or in, in like a probably two hour distance that I haven't like been frequent in that. I'm like the Norman cheers of antique malls around here. Um, but yeah, I, I had a blast. That's one thing I love doing is just like finding old things and giving them like a new life in like a public setting. Um, so yeah, Oddfellows is is truly a labor of love, and I had an absolute blast doing it. And a nice so. connection with uh, Late Night Slice as well between the mm-hmm. two businesses. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. and any anything you're going to take from Oddfellows that you're going to put in that new standalone space that you're talking about? Anything w- you've learned from that? Yeah. I wish I could take the entire thing. You know. <laughs> I always say if I would have had like two more months, that probably would have just been a late night slice. But I, at the time, didn't really think that late night slice really lent itself well to a bar, you know? So I was like, no, no, no. We must call it Oddfellows. Reason being, it's in the old Oddfellows building. Right. So if you look at the building, you see IOOF, the Independent Order of the Oddfellows. Um, it's so an old, it's it's like an Eagles or an Elks, exactly. like a lodge like Men's that. Men's social right. fraternal organization. Um, they actually banded together many, many years ago, decades ago, um, to get better insurance rates. So at the time, people thought that a lot of men getting together um, for the reason of just social improvement was odd, so they called themselves the Odd Fellows, and that's kind of where that came from. That kind of owned it. It is, yeah. And so that was kind of like a nod to the to the building and the, the history of those guys. Um, they have a pretty, pretty awesome history in Columbus here. Uh, I don't think they exist anymore, but yeah, they're pretty awesome history. Excellent. Mikey Sabaro, thank you so much for being here with us. Before we sign off here on CBUS, uh, anything else you'd like to say? No, it's been a real pleasure. Um, I've really uh, really had a blast talking. The so, pleasure's been lot, all man. ours. Thank yeah. you so much, Mikey. Mikey Sabaro, owner of Mikey's Late Night Slice, The Diaper Bank, Odd Fellows, and many, many more facets of his empire to come. <laughs> My name's Dan Swartout. This has been CBuzz. Thank you so much. We'll check you out next time, or you'll check us out next time. We'll probably fix that in editing. <laughs>